Camp Business Magazine presents Role Play with a Twist Written by Jessica Lippa Read by Sophia Butler As most trainers in any industry know, role-playing is a great way for new staff members to obtain hands-on experience before actually getting their hands on anything. Role plays are typically conducted in a controlled environment with other staff members, and each scenario usually ends with a positive conclusion. But most people also know that's not how real life works, particularly in the camp world. Campers can be unpredictable. Who first appears as a mild-mannered child can instantly become a violent one. A well-behaved group can become distracted when just one child whispers or cracks a joke. Even adults can be fickle. For such an unpredictable industry, there's an unpredictable way to role-play. Problem Campers The program staff at Pine Valley Bible Conference Center had already received training in the classes and activities they were supposed to lead, but the newest staff members had not yet seen the programs in action. They were to present the first five minutes of their activity to the rest of the group. Limiting the presentation to five minutes was due to time constraints. If time was not an issue, they would be allowed to role-play their entire activity. Before the presentations, program leadership brainstormed the types of problem children seen at camp. They were seen from the perspective of the camper. The list included the following. The pessimist. I say things like I hate this place. This is the worst camp ever. The talker. I whisper to the person next to me. If the instructor asks me to stop, I wait 10 seconds before beginning to whisper again. The droner. Every time I'm called on, I tell a long, barely relevant story. The flirt. I find someone in the group to flirt with in a typical 11-year-old fashion. The center of attention getter. I get bored. Yawn a lot, walk around, and make it obvious I'm better than everyone else. The scientist. I ask lots of scientific questions and correct the instructor if he or she is wrong. You can probably think of more based on scenarios you've encountered. Each of the types was written separately on a different colored piece of paper, folded and put in different bowls. Other papers were added to each bowl that read, Happy Camper. These papers matched the colors of the problem child papers so one couldn't tell which was which when they were mixed up. The total number of papers in each bowl equaled one less than the total number of staff members who would be involved in the training. Before the first presentation, that person chose a color of paper. Each person in the audience chose a paper of that color, but no one was allowed to reveal it, but it soon became obvious. As the presenter began, whoever selected the problem child paper began acting out. Not only was this a way for the presenter to demonstrate a knowledge of the material, but also a way to tell how well the presenter could handle disruptions while still keeping the happy campers engaged. An additional wrinkle. After first using this method of role play, one of the participants suggested that one person be designated a chaperone instead of a happy camper. Because this is a guest group camp. Each group selects its own chaperones to stay in the dorms and lead campers in their daytime activities. Staff members at this camp only lead the program and recreational activities. Staff members don't personally know any of the guest group's chaperones. And often some amazing chaperones support what we do. Other times, well, not so much. The next time staff training rolled around, this unpredictability was added to the role-play scenarios. Some types of chaperones included the following. The competent chaperone. The confused chaperone. The all-knowing chaperone. The chaperone who would rather be a camper. One type of chaperone was added to each of the bowls. 
This certainly created more action to the role plays. Sometimes the person who drew the chaperone paper was able to help the program leader with the problem camper. At other times, the person was a detriment. Most often, though, the chaperones needed proper initial guidance from the program leader so everyone could have a successful experience. Debrief. After each presentation, a group discussion was held to talk about what had occurred. Evaluations were based on how well the presenters spoke and knew their material, but also issues that came up during the roleplay were discussed. This allowed everyone to give input on how such situations should be handled. And if needed, the program leadership gave the official procedures for how staff members should address those issues. Debriefing after unexpected situations offered an opportunity for both new and seasoned staff members to ask questions. For example, after the roleplay in which one of the campers was too busy flirting with other campers to pay attention, how would this situation be handled if the camper instead flirted with the leader? If a disruptive camper was asked to sit with a chaperone, what would happen if the chaperone didn't agree that the camper was being disruptive? Questions like these allowed everyone to be on the same page. And even more inspiration to create new scenarios in next year's roleplay was provided. Jessica Lipp is the Program and Education Manager of Pine Valley Bible Conference Center and the author of several books, including The Ultimate Survival Guide to Working at Camp. Reach her at lipagel at gmail.com.